Welcome to Califants, a popped-off production, a casual fans home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the Tampa, Florida area. I'm Allure And I'm Meta! <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! This is my KSF. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Sit. Sit. And I'm Hallis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, for anybody who's listening instead of watching, Haller just brought his Torbjorn hammer on screen when he yelled, and I'm meta. In case your uh, his bingo voice line didn't help give it away, Torbjorn <laughs> was meta this past week. And it was ridiculous. It was as ridiculous as that, actually. It was a Torbjorn meta. It was. It sure was. Oh my yeah. goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. But it was a fun week of Overwatch. So we had three days of Overwatch. Kind of. Yes. Sort of. Sort of. So, um, how did they go again? We actually had all day Saturday and all day Sunday, and then we got a early Monday morning, or was it? So it was a Sunday morning, Monday morning for China, because right. China declared Saturday like a day of mourning for COVID-19 victims, and so people couldn't work. Right. Um, so there was no Overwatch League Saturday morning like there usually would be. So instead of like the Chinese matches more so preceding um, the North American matches, they instead came after right the north american matches which uh meant that hero pools were drawn monday morning very early um yes in actually, korean which was fun <laughs> because he wouldn't read what it was but i'd know i was like it's anna <laughs> <laughs> um but it was done it was done after the time that we typically record here at cowl fans so if anybody yeah. was looking for us on monday um that's that's what happened. That is what happened. We weren't recording because we needed all the info. We got to get yep. all our info. So, let's start with the consequences of last week's hero bans and this Torbjorn meta, which... That everybody saw coming. That everybody just looked at those bans. They saw May and McCree were banned and were like, well, it's Torb time, baby. It's... Just like... That, that famous hero from the competitive Overwatch scene. Well, it sure seems like that's what the Overwatch League teams and their coaches thought. They thought, May's out, let's bring in a Torbjorn. And yeah. we were all treated to hammer kills and yes. and short, stubby legs running around. And There is now one was. Korean player who has a hammer kill. It is not just the NA-only treat. <laughs> it's there true. Cares. Shout out to my boy Carpe. Freaking Carpe. Fortunately, still no Chinese Chinese um, Torbjorn hammer kills. We'll get there, I oh. believe. Oh, I'm certain we will. So I just want to talk about this because none of us I don't none of us saw this Torb meta coming out of this. Everybody was so happy that May got banned that they really didn't yep. stop to think about the super intense consequences of banning one of the most important heroes in the current meta. And yeah. when we banned 
all those hits again here is when we had McCree and Widowmaker out, we were forced to bring in soldiers. We saw a little bit of tracers. We really had a pretty diverse meta going on at that point. I feel like this week's ban of such an important integral piece of that actually didn't yeah. help diversify the meta. It just turned it into something ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, because I think it was two piece. It wasn't just the fact that the um, the May was banned. Like I think the May was the May ban was important because you couldn't just wall off a turret. Right. Right. So or wall up to a turret, whatever you wanted to do. Um, so there was less counterplay against it. And then McCree um, is not only a good counter for Torbjorn as well, because you could just sink it down real quick, mm -hmm. but McCree is also a very strong deterrent against flankers with his flashbang. Right. So with both of these heroes out, now all of a sudden Torbjorn counters were weakened and then they also needed a counter for flankers and all of a sudden torbjorn is is the answer to to flankers right so. it was it was very unique and i understand i understand it i'm just i just think that a lot of i think there were ton of people sort of went, oh, I don't know what this meta is going to be now that we don't have May here. I think it's going to be super interesting. I think we're going to see a lot of variants. I have just, I really don't feel like we saw all the variants that we expected. We did see some variants, though. And that's what we'll talk about next is, as far as I'm concerned, the yeah. great variant for this week is the yep. Dallas stinking fuel of all yeah. teams. And they come out with this tracer comp that right. looks like it should fare poorly. Mm -hmm. And probably Granted, not that much variance. We literally changed one hero, right? Like otherwise it was a mirror. Sure, that's true. <laughs> but it felt wildly different. From it felt wildly different. How how you use the comp. Exactly. Because you couldn't use it anywhere near the same way that you use the Torbjorn comp. So nope. here we have this Tracer, who is a flanker, which is sort of right. how Torb's body acts, but you lose the impact of a turret, but what they gained was the impact of the Tracer's pulse bombs. It really felt like the Tracer should have been the least favored about, of, among the uh, compositions compared to the two. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the 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 we had been told all weekend the reason the Torbjorn exists is to dissuade Sombra and Tracer. Like, that's that's why teams are running it. Right. So, Dallas said, I see your counter. I don't care. Exactly. We're gonna run it anyway. Um, and it was ridiculous to see. Um, it was definitely not something all teams could pull off. Um... Decay was just playing out of his mind. Um, one of the best Tracer performances we've seen probably since 2018. Um, but really, like, harkens back to players like Prophet and Striker, Sabiolbi. Like, these, like, not many people could play a Tracer at that level. Logics probably could have. Ugh. He, yeah, he, probably didn't have the team around him. To he didn't have the team around him to but, really cap it, but 
And we, we he was a bit hit those. or miss, but he could have done it sometime. Mm-hmm. His Route 66 tracer was nasty. Mm. But, yeah, it it was it was a really fun match to watch and probably the best one to go to go back and see if you missed things this week. Um, that kind of, it was counter meta with the meta being played on the other side. It was, it was a ridiculous match and it, it felt very, um, if you're an old Dallas fuel envious fan, it felt, it felt like the days of effect effect, just hitting the server and just killing everybody and it didn't matter what what else was happening it was just it was the decay show it it did that is very true (laughs) that is very true um one of the things i want to point out that this really shows us is and we all we all knew this everybody a lot of the analysts were talking about this coming in the different varying metas are gonna fit teams better or worse week to week to sure. some degree, there's an element of you're gonna you're gonna get a great meta this week and your team is gonna do well, and you're gonna get a bad meta this week. Your team just isn't gonna make it. Um, yep. But I think what we really saw from this one was, um, we saw an inferior composition beat the superior meta because the superior meta team just couldn't play that meta as well. And the inferior team learned how to play an off comp very well. And it's, yep. that's an important thing, I think, for us to keep in mind as we go forward. Because on paper, and based on their performances so far, the Valiant should have had this in the bag. There was no yeah. chance for Dallas Fuel to win if we had done this any other week, I think. That Dallas Fuel would have been a write-off. Done. You're not going to make it. Go home. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've already seen these two teams match up, and right. it did not go Dallas Fuel's way that time. No, let alone on a on paper inferior composition. But this week, the Valiant didn't have the Torb Reaper put together very well. The Valiant didn't look like they were totally falling apart, but mm-hmm. they're they just didn't know how to handle this off I mean, meta it's the, comp. It's the old Chengdu way, right? Yeah. Um, back in the GOATS meta, you throw something at people that they haven't seen or haven't really scrimmed against. And sometimes seriously. you just win because of that. Yeah, and you, it just teams don't know how to adapt. Um, just how it is. You'll, you'll see it a lot. Sometimes it's tra- tragic when teams do try to like run out, especially like the first day of hero pools. You notice this a lot teams run out with what their idea is the meta and they find out oh crap it isn't and they're reluctant to change right um that very well could have been the dallas feel if they were losing playing what they were doing but they were able to figure it out and figure out how to make it work against the valiant and the valiant weren't able to respond in turn exactly and it was really amazing to watch it's just such a fun match yeah. that i would really highly encourage anybody to go watch there were shenanigans like KSF getting hammer killed and telling people to sit. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think is super cool is I remember at one point during Contenders, during Contenders, one of the highest Tracer Pulse Bomb kill rates was 0. 0.5. Um, in right. like Season 0 before Overwatch League officially started. 
Yes. Um, and they were talking about Decay's pulse bomb kill rate during this game, and it was like 0. 0.6. Yeah, 0. 0.65 or something. Yeah. Like ridiculously high. It was like, if it wasn't eaten by McGravy, it got it was a kill. Somebody. <laughs> Sometimes too. It was Sometimes too, wild. Yeah. Um, so I, if if you want to watch a tracer clinic, go do that. If you want to watch a super fun match, life. go do that. If you just want yeah. to see the impact of playing to your strengths, Dallas played to their strengths and they mm. won because of it. And I think that's great that that can happen. But there was one other noticeable off meta comp that really stuck out to me that Haller had to help me track down because I couldn't remember where it was. He helped me track it down right before we recorded this morning. Ugh, that was that was a struggle. Um, it was actually in the Justice versus Fusion game on Route sixty six. So if you watch Route sixty six in that in that match. Um, on point A and point C attacks, Justice runs a unique composition of Ryan Arissa tank line, Ana Lucio healer line, and Soldier Reaper DPS line on point A and point C attack. Which was super cool. It worked, mm-hmm. too. I think that's the most yeah. important piece of this. This would have been stupid if it hadn't worked. We'd have gone, some idiots ran some stupid off-comp meta, off-meta comp, and look what they get. But that's not what but happened. I think it's like it's like one of those the, the interesting things that if Hero Pool stayed longer, I think you would see more teams run this comp. But it's like, it's this idea of how deep does the rabbit hole go? Because so it seems like this the story of scrims for the four or three days they happened during last week. It was teams are running Sombra Tracer. Hey, this one team figured out Torbjorn encounters this pretty hard. And now all of a sudden we're all switching to this Torbjorn Reaper comp because we're realizing it counters them hard. And then this this was the next step. So now we're countering the Torbjorn. Because we're running double shields. So Literally, the turret spending its whole time just pelleting nothing into into barriers. Right. Especially with Ryan Arissa. They didn't even use Sigma. The double main tank. Like, forget your turret, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the soldier is to take out the turret. You get a good line of sight on it. Put a helix a rocket into it. And a heel rock, helix rocket, and it's gone. Oh, yeah. So that's that was the idea of this, of the soldier pick. Um, because you can't play McCree, right? Um, and Widow, it's kind of too easy to dive her and too easy to shield off the turret, or she's getting poked and can't really be protected. Yeah. Um, when she's taking shots, so this 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 was the counter Torb comp. Um, the problem with it is it's easy to rush. You mm-hmm. can kind of play this Torbjorn dive. Which you you actually <laughs> kind of saw. It's like a Torbjorn yeah. death ball, I guess is the better term. Yeah. Um, we did see some Torbjorn dive in, in China, which is fun. But um, there's this Torbjorn death ball of where you speed boost in, Torbjorn presses E, and as the Rhine starts swinging, Torbjorn starts right clicking in your face, and you just kind of get trounced over, which is how you see Philadelphia handle it. But it do, it does it. It worked. It didn't totally get countered. Oh, yeah. Um, Philadelphia Fusion was able to run over it every once in a while, but then Justice would come back and they'd be able to make it work again. 
one of the things I really want to note here is Justice's intelligent usage of this comp. They could have stuck to this comp the whole map through, and I think that probably would have been a mistake, um, yeah. especially on the point B attack part, which a lot of teams are hesitant to switch when they have the alt economy that the Justice had, and the Justice went, nope, doesn't matter what our alt economy is. We know we need to go back, and we need to get on a different composition to make it through point B, and they did, and they did a good job. Mm -hmm. And that gave them plenty of time to build up the alt economy that they needed to get through point B. And then they switched back to this composition again on point C, which, you know, point A and point C are the, the tighter of the points. Yes. Um, and so this comp really doesn't work in those wide open spaces like point B was. So, yeah, because then you could just get around the shield. Right. So that's just something that I think is really smart. It shows smart strategic mm -hmm. play. I think... The Justice and the Dallas Fuel probably are going to be two teams with lots of upset potential going forward after seeing this, these thought processes manifest themselves this week. Um, mm -hmm. With the Fuel being able to go, hey, it doesn't matter if it's not meta, this works for us, and the Justice being able to go, hey, this comp works right here. I think that, yeah. that makes them upset I would like potential to see teams. Good teams run it more. Um... Because, like, it feels like the Justice are just too bad overall to actually make it work. Like, Philadelphia Fusion were still able to make pretty short work of them. Right. Even though Washington looked better than they should have when they ran these comps. Well, Washington um, did win Route 66, didn't they? I, they won one map. I don't I think that's the map. I thought that was the map that they won. Maybe I'm wrong. Very well, might have Either been. Either way. I can find it out we're gonna have match details oh yeah. they didn't win a single map so oh, no they did no, not win never but mind it was closer like, it looked I think really they good actually finished the match which is better <laughs> than they did they finish had. the map i know so, they finished it yeah they did they didn't get hold held like really early it, it, they kept it close but teams like chengdu who are a bit better you know um have have upset teams like the shanghai dragons who Right now in the Chinese region, they're the only team to have beaten the Shanghai Dragons, who have kind of, especially after this weekend, come out as the top dog. So a, a lot of more people can benefit from, I think, running these off-meta comps. And I think your best teams are going to be able to play the meta strong and off-meta strong. That's something I feel like I've been looking at all year. But these teams, like, even before Hero Pools, that can run the the may mccree reinhardt at its top level and then they can also switch to this dive comp on the salt points and wreck just as hard right right um to have that extra little bit of spice is sometimes what you need to push your to push your team over the line when you start getting to the upper echelons of play so I'm I'm looking for more teams to be able to have those little niche strats that they can they can throw out on certain maps when it works. Yeah, I think that's a good a good thing. You're mentioning Chengdu here. Um, we are a show for casual fans. So do you want to talk to our people who probably didn't wake up at four in the morning to watch Chinese games about the Chinese games? Yeah. So I also didn't wake up at four in the morning, but I did watch the vods. So Shanghai, as I said, did come out on top um, overall. And then otherwise, it's a mixture like 
Hangzhou and Guangzhou are neck and neck. They've had two map fives that have gone both ways now. You could see that in the score lines. But there were actually some different metas. So the 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 idea of hero pools and um, just this localization period, even though it hasn't gone quite the way we've expected in 2020, mm-hmm. um, we're still seeing these regional metas pop up, um, which brings a lot of questions of which would be better. But in China, just to look at what they were running, so. We almost saw no Torbjorn this whole weekend. The only team to run it was the Chengdu Hunters. So it was a little bit more of a wacky thing, um, one-off, um, where the very popular comp was Reaper Sombra. Um, and then you actually saw, so it was Reinhardt and then sometimes Diva, but you actually saw a lot of Zarya as well instead of the Diva. Because you wanted to be able to, uh, if someone's getting hacked, you could bubble off that target. Right. So, and, and it just, it kind of added some extra strength because you lose a little bit of DPS prowess from the, um, from the Sombra. Like your, dan- your team damage goes down overall. Right. So your Zarya is able to kind of boost your team damage back up. Um, so that's what you saw a lot in China. Even run into the Torbjorn. Like the Shanghai Chengdu game, which Shanghai pretty convincingly wins, um, Chengdu will run the Torbjorn, and just like the Dallas Fuel, Shanghai said, "No, this is what we're practicing. We're playing Sombra," and their Sombra play was really excellent. <laughs> well, Ding is a phenomenal Sombra. Well, this is the other interesting thing. Is too. he not the one if who you played Sombra? Watch Shanghai. We've seen almost no Ding and DM at all. I think we've seen them both get subbed into a match once. Wow! Out of the four games they've played, a map is all they've played. Otherwise, it's been Fleta and Lip. Weird. So Lip's playing the Sombra, and Fleta's playing the Reaper this week. For um, Lee Jaegong was ridiculous. So he finally got to play Lucio. Sure. And. This was the piece of runaway I was really hoping that Florida Mayhem would have also had. Like, he's so good. It would have been beautiful. He tied on his debut match on Lucio in the Overwatch League. He tied Toby's record for all-time environmental kills on a map and in a match. Wow. (laughs) His first game. That's amazing. (laughs) So the the kid is redonkulous. And he was up against IDK, too. So it's not like there wasn't a good Lucio on the other team to keep him in check. It was IDK, who was right. also getting some good boots. Just EJ Gone is insanity. Um, some A little prone to die right now as he tries to figure out his mortality in the Overwatch League. Sure. But the Chinese region is super fun right now. Um, it's, it's very close. Chengdu can just beat or lose to anybody. Shanghai is really strong. And then Hangzhou and Guangzhou are just, just slugging it out week after week so far. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things move forward. Um, just because we're at a point where ev- most teams have played the other Chinese teams twice, with the exception of a couple teams. But like by the end of next week, Every Chinese team will have played each other twice, mm-hmm. I do believe. And if you, that's 
the limit of how many times you're supposed to play a team in a season in your conference. So it'll be interesting to see if how long Overwatch League tries to keep that in place before they give up. Yeah. And say, well, we're stuck in our regions. Maybe it'll affect the playoff format. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's something to keep an eye on the next couple of weeks. But for now, that, that hasn't happened. We haven't crossed into third game territory. It'll be interesting to see if we do. But yeah, Chinese region. Um, one thing to mention also is Chengdu's comp. They ran a similar justice comp, but they ran it a little differently. So oh. they also they locked the legs. Soldier 76 came out to to counter not even a Torbjorn. He just came out <laughs> against Reaper Sombra. Um, but they ran a comp. They like to run double shield, but Arissa Sigma um, with versus Arissa Rhyme. With Torbjorn Soldier, and then um, they ran Senyata and Baptiste as their as their support duo. I that so, sounds interesting. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I would have countered a Torbjorn really good, I guess. <laughs> like I don't, I don't fully understand why, but they did it, and it did look good, particularly on Assault. So, there you go. Yeah. Well. Chengdu Hunters. Just do it. They're still doing Chengdu Hunters things, people. It's it's fun to tune in because they're, they're, they're still up to their old shenanigans. Sometimes it doesn't work, but then they adapt the next day. They come out with a new comp, and then it works. It's fun. Right. Right. So, comps. Chengdu doing Chengdu things. We got a few uh, outliers over here in the NA side, too. Mm -mm. Then we have a new hero pool for this upcoming week. Yep. So, um, what is our new hero pool? Our, it's Diva. It's... Yeah. Diva, Ana, Ana, Lupo, and one other DPS <laughs> who I will remember. Yeah. Maybe. Reaper. And it wasn't Torb. Who else got played? Sombra. Was it so oh yeah, Sombra. Sombra. So the Chinese So listen this is really cool. Right? So the the Chinese regional meta is having a huge impact here right now. Because they're the yep. ones who actually played Sombra this past week. Right, yeah. and we really didn't see a lot of Sombra last week, and so that's that hero is is really Ana too. We saw a lot of Ana yeah. last week, so Ana could have gone either way, anyways. Right. Um, but Sombra in particular is really only in the hero pool because of the unique compositions of the Pacific teams. Um. Mm -hmm. I think that's very interesting. That shows us that these regional metas, some of these hero bands are really only going to impact one region or the other because yeah. of that. It could have affected upcoming metas. We'll never know, right? Right. But right. yeah, more like it, it felt like at one point we were just we were just banning like a wolf even makes a comment like they were just banning like Shanghai's comp. <laughs> Like like the whole way through, like it was just it was like a Zarya short. 
<laughs> or, yeah. a, or a, a Moira or a Moira. But like, yeah, we just we just banned Reaper Sombra. Like, bye bye, China. <laughs> you played this meta, no. <laughs> right. So no, 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 no. It it is gonna it is gonna throw off the Reaper is gonna throw off the NA comps a lot and the Chinese comps a lot. The Diva is gonna throw off more of the NA comps probably than the Chinese comps, and the Sombra is gonna throw off more of the Chinese comps than the NA comps. This upcoming Although week. McCree and May coming back into the meta, we're gonna throw off the comps anyway. So that's an interesting thing about hero pool. Right. If you're taking heroes out, but the heroes coming back in are just as impactful, right? We um I'm excited to see Diva gone and see what that means for the regional metas. If teams double main tank, do they well yeah, Torbjorn <laughs> and like how it ends up in the DPS, but like I wanna see what off tank becomes the most popular. Because we did, we saw a lot of Zarya in China. Um, we saw some Sigma. We saw some Sigma in NA. Um, Paris continues to like to run Sigma. So right. it'll be interesting to see, do we see the Orisa Sigma? Do we see Rhyme Sigma? Do we see Rhyme Zarya? Do we see something else entirely? Does Roadhog come into play for some unknown reason for like shield break or something like that. Right. It's gonna be super interesting. I'm really excited to see how it turns out. Um yeah. I think one of the things that we definitely should have learned from this week and that we need to keep in mind next week is when we lose a huge piece of our puzzle, like May or like Diva, Diva and May were pretty much the two staples at the beginning of the season. Didn't matter what you were doing, you're probably running both of those heroes also. Even if you change your support line, change your other DPS, change your other tank. Did you feel like that too? Um Yeah. Yeah. So when we took out one of those pieces, we got this hilarious Torbjorn meta. Yep. And so here we are, that piece is coming back, but we're taking out the other piece. And so like, yeah. How we're that... missing the Diva, we're missing the Ana, which are two big parts of the meta. So we're taking out two pieces. Right. So it's it's very interesting to me. I'm really excited to see how that turns out. I think I think the concern about the tank, the interest in the tank line is valid. Um, but really how the tank line impacts what other heroes get played is really where my eyes are gonna be on. Mm -hmm. Because um with with no diva, there's yeah, I mean a lot of some some people you know wouldn't have wanted to play tracer or had to be very careful about their May blizzards because of the threat of diva's defense matrix that's gone. So right. certain other heroes' abilities like Farah's rocket barrage that's those that's a really good defense against Farah's rocket barrage. Um, it's a really good defense against Roadhog's ultimate too. Um. Mm -hmm. A lot of these abilities... Again, in general, it's a good defense against Widowmaker. Right. Because of the dive ability of the D.Va to hit the Widowmaker. And, and it just eat headshots that she tries to take. You could you could cross open field with just your defense matrix. Now, right. now you'll need to use something like a Sigma Shield or something like that. You won't have the defense matrix. So there's ways to work around it, but it'll be interesting to see where things go, because it never seems to go where you think it's going to. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So um, I could sit here and hypothesize all these things, but the fact of the matter is it's probably going to be something ridiculous, like yeah. suddenly Ash is meta because Diva's out or something. Like, I don't know. Can you imagine? 
Because now nobody can eat the the uh, TNT. The TNT. So all of a sudden, you get you get a Ash meta. That would that would be something. Wouldn't that be fun? I don't know. <laughs> that would I would I would be here for it. So I just I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. I think something else that's interesting is um. Well, we really don't have any supports that aren't played very often, do we? We we have been getting a good mixture in in the support meta. Yeah. Probably Moira had been the least played up until this last week. Yeah, and now Diva um, can't eat her little orbs. Yeah. Mm. So, so it'll there's... be interesting, or we might see Zen. We it... could see like Baptiste main as a flex support. We've seen that before. Right. So um, the impact of this is going to be wide-reaching, and we really have no idea how it's going to go, but I'm yeah. just excited to see what's going to happen. It's always interesting to note, but it's so hard to speculate on the podcast, because, like, we're just going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just... yeah. Unless, unless Howler is guessing it. I'm what the pros do after they do it. <laughs> unless <laughs> really Howler guesses it. What they're going to do. I can't. Nope. You do all right. You do all right. And then you do, you have a good job, you do a good job of going, hey, you should have done this, and then we'll see the pros do exactly what you suggested, and it was right. I can do it. That's always fun. That's one of my favorite parts about this. Yeah. Uh, so, Florida, still not on the schedule. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because yeah. I forgot to bring that up. But So, Florida not, has a two-week break. There are three other teams with a two-week break. They are the Seoul Dynasty, who are moving to Korea. Mm-hmm. They are the London Spitfire, who are moving to Korea, and they are the New York Excelsior, who have had pictures on their Snapchats of them in Korea. Is Florida going to Korea? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know. One of these is not like the other, or are they? Or are they? Be- so. And if they are, just bye-bye. <laughs> If we have to play any of those teams more than our allotted once, goodbye season. <laughs> Not that I think our season was going anywhere in the first place at this point. At least we had a shot. <laughs> but man, just Seoul Dynasty, New York Excelsior, Vancouver Titans, um, Shanghai Dragons, Guangzhou Charge, Chengdu Hunters, Hangzhou Spark. Like the only team we even have a shot against is London, and we lost to them. <laughs> I there's some different things going on here. One thing that could come of this um, is we always seem to notice that when people are playing in the Pacific region, particularly in Korea, they tend to come out of that stronger than when they started. Yeah, this could be that, a that, big. That would be our hope, right? This could be you know uh, Florida's two year training gap or whatever in your anime mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, we're <laughs> um, just, we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to get beat up on an island of giant animals for, for a couple of years. For a couple of years, and we're going to learn how to use hockey, and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but we could see Florida really get strengthened out of this. Um, yeah. Or we could see Florida become so mentally boomed that they're just done. My concern would be that as we get barred from all scrims, because we're starting to see scrims are even more important now. Because you only have a few days of scrims to figure out the meta, so you can't you can't waste a day. So I would be afraid with so much stacked talent, all the teams just don't scrim Florida, and we just scrim London twenty four seven with some Chengdu mixed in because be teams bad. don't trust Chengdu. <laughs> that would be very bad. 
<laughs> that would be bad. What if we actually get to scrim New York Excelsior Soul, Soul Dynasty regularly? Maybe we level up after getting our face beat in a bit. Yeah. But we will get our face beat in. That's true. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. If we could play anyone close, like just if we could play like Guangzhou Charge and Hangzhou Spark close, like that's that's all right. But we'll we'll see. Maybe that doesn't happen, and we get to stay and beat up crappy Atlantic teams. So that's probably best case scenario. Probably but so. If we go to Korea, it's gonna be we we in for a ride and some late nights. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be rough as a Florida fan. Uh, this whole just watch the vods. That's that's what's we, gonna happen. We, we used to watch Apex all the time. You just watch the vods the next day. Avoid Twitter. I started getting up early watch to watch Apex right towards away. the end of that. Watch. Actually, <laughs> I didn't have anything better to do with my life then. I was just didn't. I went to bed early like an old person and just got up earlier. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens. Have to see what happens with Florida's schedule. Is Florida going to Korea? I don't know. Do you want to talk about the matches that are coming up next week? Because we do have some interesting ones. Because Vancouver's coming back into play. Oh. And they're playing the Chinese teams. Unfortunately, they don't play Shanghai, um, which I think I would be most excited for because Shanghai has proven themselves as good. And we kind of know how good Vancouver Titans are. Right. Um, So they'll get, we'll get a temperature check in them if, these matches do end up close. Maybe Vancouver Titans aren't as good as we thought, but they play Spark and they play Chengdu. So Chengdu matches are always fun. Yep. So that'll be good. And then I ex- I expect them... Oh, sorry, they don't play Hangzhou. They play Guangzhou. Um, I expect them to beat Guangzhou right. pretty handedly, um, but it'll be interesting if they don't. Um, but I yeah. am excited to see the Vancouver Titans back because it has been quite a long time. Sure. Um, but otherwise, I think the matches to watch out for um, are San Francisco and Gladiators rematch. That that should be interesting. I think this is Gladiators' chance to really prove to the world like we're that good. We're a top four, if not top three team. Yeah. Um, if they could, if they could beat San Francisco twice, like yeah. I don't care what the hero pool is going to be. If you can do that twice, you you like, deserved it. Yeah. Once is um, luck, if twice you remember, Gladiators and San Francisco Shock both weren't running meta when they ran into each other, but they were running the same comp. So it was mirror matchup, and it was convincing. Right. So that'll be a big match. But then the other ones I'm watching out for are the Philadelphia matches because we have a rematch between Paris and Philadelphia. And these guys right now have shown up as basically the top dogs in the Atlantic division outside of maybe New York, who has lost to Philly already. Um, And we're not going to see New York for a minute, and it doesn't look like we're seeing them in the Atlantic region, more than likely. So that's going to be like a battle for the top. And then I'm also interested in Philadelphia versus Atlanta, because this is where Atlanta, to me, has to prove something. Like, if you remember the Florida Mayhem game we just had against us, they absolutely destroyed us. Right. And they've destroyed every team that they've played, except Paris, who owned them. And it's like, if Atlanta's playing a team that's worse than them, they are just, it's it's not even close. It's disgusting. They look ridiculous. But the only time they played a good team, they got wrecked. 
So this is to me like Atlanta has to prove their metal here. Yeah. And I'm going to be very interested to see if this does end up being a close match or if Atlanta just kind of get rolled over. Also, a rough week for Philadelphia, maybe, if Atlanta is pretty good. I mean, it's Atlanta is probably the fourth best Atlantic team, throwing New York into that mix with Paris and Philly. So, sure, it's just how good is fourth. Right. Like right now on my power rankings, I have Atlanta at 13th because they haven't beat a good team. They haven't shown they could even compete with a good team. So I can't put them higher. They're not Valiant who have at least beat the Shock, right? Right. Um, Chengdu have beat Shanghai. I, I need to see something from Atlanta this week. Everybody had them in their top three in their preseason power rankings. Who wasn't me, right? <laughs> right. Um, th- this is your time. Like, you, you got to prove it now. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Um, any other significant things going on next week? No. Um, Toilet Bowl Part 2 is, is going to be next week, but I think Houston's not not the um, the crap fest they once were. Yeah. So I, I expect that to be the Houston redemption. Hey, look, we are better people. But maybe the meadow will be really bad for them because they only seem to be able to play Doomfist, and they couldn't even do that against Paris. So, rip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, actually, there is another interesting match. What's that? I forgot. We have our first interconference match Ooh. of the whole season. I really don't know what we're going to be able to glean from it. I honestly think we're not going to be able to glean anything. Probably so. But it's Dallas versus Washington. Two teams that you already just discussed earlier in this show like to do weird things. That's true. <laughs> so. They're gonna get to match up and do weird stuff against each other, and mm, you um, probably shouldn't say it like that. <laughs> this is supposed to be a family-friendly show. <laughs> it should be interesting in that um, if one team dominates the other, it's gonna say a lot about the region, right? Right. I think the expectation going in is if one team does dominate, I expect it to be Dallas. Um, if it does end up being close. Does it say something about the regions? I don't know. If they do stomp, I don't know. Because Dallas just seems like a team that like gets carried by Decay or they fall apart. Or Decay and Doha. Um, right. So I don't know how much I'm going to be able to glean from this. But I'm yeah. excited for the prospect that something will be able to be gleaned. And it <laughs> looks like with their Texas localization, the two Texas teams are going to be playing interconference matches here forward. So I'll be I'll be interested to see Houston and Dallas. I wish it was different teams, but I'll be interested to see Houston and Dallas going up against um, other other uh, teams. Other teams, yeah. But they there there's actually a spot in my power rankings that it's it's like Houston and Dallas are right next to each other, and I call it the Texas zone. I have <laughs> I have the Texas zone and I have the Zoe zone. <laughs> Hangzhou Spark. And Guangzhou charge, and then Houston and Dallas, I have no idea what to do with. I have no real sense of how good or bad are they compared to the other regions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you could sometimes beat good teams and then just also look bad again. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. And then Hangzhou and Guangzhou, they just fight each other, but then they get wrecked by Shanghai. How good is Shanghai? Right. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'll be, 
it'll that'll be interesting. I'll be I'll be watching it with with interest. But uh, and I I think it could be a good game. I don't. I'm more excited for this weekend's games than last weekend's games. I'll say that. Yeah, I I and think last weekend ended up being pretty fun. I'm I'm gonna say that I don't think you'll be able to glean anything from the Dallas versus Justice game, just yeah, because just because of the uniqueness of the two teams, yeah. the weird stuff that they'll throw out. Justice will probably play mostly meta like they did this past week and then have some unique Bro, strategies that help them look good. Doha and Corey going just at it, though, that's going to be fun. Should be. Like, our Decay and whoever. The, the DPS matchup is going to is gonna be a joy. It really should be. <laughs> um, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, yeah. if, Gamsu, if Gamsu brings Gamsu things, I think Dallas gets the edge here. Yeah, but sometimes Gamsu Things is doing nothing. If That's you remember true. the first half of the Valiant game, Gamsu Things were missing shatters and getting absolutely wrecked in the neutral. And then all of a sudden he was like, oh, right, I'm a good player. And then just started to dominate. So, eh. Yeah, yeah. So um, if Gamsu does good Gamsu Things, then whatever. Yeah, if we see, if we see good Gamsu. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so just lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. Hey, um, that's it. Hey, that's it. We did it. We did Hello. it. Good, good team. Good, good, good podcast. Good work. Yeah, that was... well done, everybody. Thanks. You know what they say? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what they say. Hard work pays off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go away, Torbjorn. You're out of here now. May's back. Been a minute since I got to bring out the Torb hammer. I know, I know. It's nice and fixed. Aren't you glad I fixed that for you? Yeah, look at that. It's yeah. Fall off. Yeah. Damn. You're welcome. Damn. Anyways, hey, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, stay safe. Stay safe. Be careful. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have things to do, but but do it carefully and safely. Um, please make sure to follow us on social media platforms and to hang out with us in the comments and stuff of whatever it is that we do, which is things and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, wow. yeah, I'm really good host. Isn't that like a store in Parks and Rec? No, it's food and stuff. Food and stuff. Food and stuff is the store in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, big thanks to Popped Off for all of their support and their help. They're the reason we're available on everything. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, whatever that's called, and uh, Google Play. And yeah, and we're also available on YouTube in video format. And you can see Halleck wave his Torbjorn hammer around, which is, he, there he goes again. Look at him go. You can hear his chair creaking because he's moving too <laughs> intensely. Um, so we look forward to seeing you guys again next week, or to you guys seeing us, I suppose. I We don't really see you. We're just looking at each other. This is getting too deep. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye.